0: You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here.
1: Three, two, one. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists.
2: I'm
0: thinking of a witch. Welcome to Mission Spooky. I'm your fantastic host, JC. With me today, as per usual, the queen of everything herself, Kiki, our local cryptid enthusiast, Cord, and the mushroom maiden, Kayla.
2: We just spent a good, like, I don't know, 30 minutes bitching about our lives because everything sucks. Welcome to 2024.
3: Hey, can I do a quick uh, PSA? real quick you sure can cord yeah
2: you do a psa
3: if you're a homeowner right especially new homeowners because i just learned this in my third year of being a homeowner if you're a homeowner there's some things that some people aren't going to think of right away when they think about maintenance of their house like you think right away about yeah i'm gonna have to mow my lawn and do this that, and the other thing make sure one of those things that you pay attention to as a new homeowner especially is uh servicing your heater especially when it's getting close to uh winter time because uh yeah i just went two weeks with absolutely no heat in my house because i did not even know that was a thing i needed to do it's been so cold.
2: (laughs) thank god uh you got it done now because it's actually going to snow this weekend finally
3: yes the day before the blizzard's supposed Mm -hmm. to hit
1: this is the world punishing you for all the times you froze
2: jess to death Uh,
3: and you know what that's fair that's probably true and it's fair
2: so you know my sister moved to norway and uh, it's negative 11 there right now and the top news story is norway paralyzed by unprecedented cold snap heavy snow coats scandinavia in chaos And I'm kind of like, but isn't that like your thing? Scandinavia aren't like,
3: yeah, isn't that what they're known for? I
2: look to you guys to be organized, even with a ridiculous amount of snow, kind of like how the South looks to the North and is like, oh, my God, we have snow. What do we do? And we're just like, just don't drive like an asshole and you'll be OK. <laughs> and
0: then they drive like an
3: asshole. And then they
2: drive like assholes anyway. Or my favorite is they don't know how to plow.
3: Use first gear. Don't go over fifteen miles an hour. You'll be fine.
2: Yeah, I was looking for a for a snow total.
3: A snowdle, if you. A snowdel, right? <laughs> at
2: least, at least, well, over three feet in certain places, which to me doesn't seem like a lot because we've had easily six feet of snow here on the mountain. So I'm okay. But granted, it is negative twenty five, or well, negative fifteen, sorry, Fahrenheit. Uh, I think maybe paralyzed by the absolute frigidness not necessarily the snow i think that's what i'm getting out of this is that it has been something like 44 years since it's been negative 20 like in oslo for example so maybe that is what they're going with because i don't believe that scandinavia is paralyzed with three feet of snow negative 20 but negative 20 degrees you ain't going nowhere (laughs) okay Uh, right yeah no thanks i'll stay inside (laughs) right i'm paralyzed because i'm not going outside
3: (laughs) yeah it's definitely not shorts weather for me at that point.
2: I have a cousin, though. If he's listening, he knows exactly who he is. And I swear that he would walk outside with a pair of shorts on and some Crocs.
3: (laughs) Crocs, please. (laughs) Put that in.
2: Love you, cuz, if you're listening. Okay, so you know what's really cool, though? It's Magic Mind, the matcha green energy drink shot that you can take right now if you want to.
0: Where would I take it?
2: Well, uh, you take it with your coffee in the morning, JC. I've, I've told you guys about this separately I've been trying it out. You got to take it for at least three days in a row before you like to get into your system. It's got a whole bunch of vitamins in it, like B-complex, turmeric, which I was already taking anyway for my arthritis because I'm old, JC. Oh,
0: you're right. I never noticed.
2: I know. Not (laughs) once have we ever discussed how old I am on this podcast, ever. I would never bring up
0: how old someone is. It's just impolite.
2: Right, not not in twenty
0: twenty four. No, yeah, (laughs) definitely not in twenty twenty four. Definitely not sometime within the next hour.
2: Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I take this little shot in the morning with my coffee. Uh, It really helps to boost the caffeine through the day, so I don't get normally don't get the three (laughs) p.m. tired spell. But recently, I did. Although I found out that that's because I'm sick, so that has nothing to do with. This drink not working anymore. As a matter of fact, though, I think I actually feel pretty damn good considering I've been on it. So, you know, I'm not saying that's a cure-all. I'm just kind of like, there's nothing wrong with taking extra vitamins when you're not feeling well. It does help. So, so yeah, especially the B-complex. I think that's what's keeping me going, honestly. So, since it seems to be working really well for me, I would suggest that you all try it out. And you can, because uh, January only, you can get one month free when you subscribe for at least three months by going to our linked website at www.magicmind.com slash Jan Mission Spooky. It says J-A-N Mission Spooky, all one word. And if you use code Mission Spooky at checkout, you get an additional 20% off. And that checkout code can be used on any order of Magic Mind. And we'll have those links and stuff in the show notes for y'all. That's something special that Magic Mind's come up with for our listeners. So you want to try it, that's the best way to do it. And it's delicious. So hey Cord, you got any stadium jokes that you wanna uh tell us since today we decided uh sort of commemorating the fact that this week was just the winter classic for the NHL. Go oh, Kraken. Oh boy, it
3: wasn't a good fuck one. Yes. This-
2: I was gonna say we haven't had a chance Ooh. to talk about it. Fuck Joey yeah.
3: DeCord doing it again, Ooh. man. Doing it, keeping them the fuck out of that little net.
2: I was a gorgeous, gorgeous game, and I beautiful. Everyone knows I am. I'm a hundred percent Flyers fan, right? But I always feel like you got to have a West Coast favorite because sometimes, most of the time, the Flyers don't go to this this playoff. (laughs) So
3: this is a bit of a rogue year for them that they're doing okay.
2: (laughs) Um, So when the Kraken were released. I was like, fuck, yeah, especially since the Sharks were previously my go-to, and they just absolutely sucked dick this year in a bad way. Yep. Their dick sucking is not the kind that's good. So, in honor of us being some kinds of uh, sports nerds here. Plus, we got, you know, the Super Bowl coming up pretty soon. And, uh, and then we got the boys of summer. So, I'm focusing mostly on stadiums that are uh, dual-purpose. Right. And we got a couple football ones in here. I got an NBA story that's really freaking funny as hell. And I go I got a NASCAR. Good. Because i oh. never heard about this. If the one thing I know about
0: NASCAR is if you're if you're not first, you're last.
2: <laughs> I have a very
1: special relationship with NASCAR. I grew up less than a mile from the Pocono raceway. Yeah. <laughs> so not not just the memories that i have of nascar it's of just traffic. Tra- traffic mixed with noise mixed with air shows like imagine me and i i still have this to some degree but i have an extreme phobia of the sound of airplanes like when it when a low flying airplane like that <laughs> sound like is coming overhead I don't know why. It's always fucking bothered me. So living next to the raceway where they just run the military jets over top and then they have the air shows where they're just constantly low flying planes. I had a great childhood with NASCAR.
2: Kayla, we have a we have a complete opposite feelings about airplanes because I adore the sound of of jets, especially uh, military aircraft. All those years going to Oshkosh air shows um, and my dad being a pilot. I just absolutely love planes and everything about them and the fuel and how it smells.
1: <laughs> no, I mean I'm I, a I, weirdo. I can appreciate it. It's just you know those phobias that you have that there nothing ever happened. There's no real reason for you to have that phobia, but every time I hear an airplane like sounding like it's coming out of the sky, I just immediately think, oh shit, that thing's gonna crash on me. It's similar yeah, to it. my fear of getting swallowed by a whale. Probably not going to happen, but I'm not that confident that I'm not going to be worried about it. Nice. (laughs) It's
2: like, I may be swallowed by a whale at some point. You never know. I don't trust whales.
3: (laughs) Guys, are you ready for some incredible sports jokes?
2: I am ready.
1: I want to know a couple. I will attempt to understand them.
3: Yeah. I'm just going to say
0: yes. We'll start with Kiki. Kiki, what is a cheerleader's favorite food?
2: Rice-a-rah-rah-roni.
0: Oh my god, come on. This is Cheerios, for real? Cheerios! Fucking idiot. Amateur hour over here with um, these people. On.
2: I like mine better. I was thinking outside the box of rice roni <laughs>
3: the
0: San Francisco. Hey, JC, what up? What's a boxer's favorite drink? Is it a specific brand, or can I just say box juice? Well, that's not the right answer, so try
3: hey, again. Wait,
1: wait, wait, let me... Is it Fruit Punch? <laughs> it's fruit punch baby i got, I got one
0: yep, yep, yep.
3: i know
1: that boxing involves punching
0: <laughs> that it does that it does
3: here's one kiki you'll get where do hockey players get all their money
2: from their checking account <laughs> no
3: from the tooth fairy
2: <laughs> oh come on checking account is way better
3: <laughs> Too no, that is a good one. These
0: aren't about being good
3: jokes. And my favorite one, because it's one that I've been listening to from my father mm-hmm. since I was in the delivery room being born. Where do sports teams go to buy new uniforms? Where? Anybody? It's JC's favorite place in America.
1: Shady Maple?
3: <laughs>
0: new Jersey.
2: Oh, crap. Oh. Damn it.
0: see i was confused because you said in america and not mythological land because new jersey doesn't exist
2: all right you ready to get into this yep we're gonna start with a very sad story that's the way we'll start off sad we'll we'll ease into things that aren't quite as sad
3: and i just told the joke and you're gonna drag it down
2: Well, no. See, propping people up with some happiness, so we hit them with murder,
0: (laughs) so we can punch them in the chest.
2: You build (laughs) them up
0: to tear them back
2: down. Yes, the first stadium is Memorial Stadium at Indiana University. Never forget that one. It was built in 1960. It is the second football stadium on Indiana's campus, and this incident involves Michael Bloom. He was found dead in 1960, hanging from an incomplete west side stand area. So this is still in construction. As I just said, it was built in 1960. So this is happening while it's still under construction. There's some weird stuff about this incident. It is ruled a suicide, but it was a very rainy and muddy night, the night before he was found. And his clothes were clean. His shoes were completely clean. His neck was snapped. There was an 18-foot rope involved. There were some theories around how he or, and why he could have possibly been killed. Espionage was one thing. And I couldn't confirm any reason why, but somebody said something about anti-gay sentiment. But I actually couldn't find anything that Michael was was actually gay. I mean, it could have been that they thought he was. And In 1988, the family tried to reopen this case and uh got turned down
0: turned down for what
2: oh god damn it
0: that was fun <laughs> no that's a joke
2: i know it is
0: oh, okay i just wanted you to like not have to actually do an hour's worth of research
2: no <laughs> i said turned down for what and I'm like that's on my playlist so no. Nope. yeah it's a good song it is a good fucking song okay So Michael Plume's background is very interesting. He was 18 years old in 1960. He was already enrolled in the Air Force. He was part of the Russian linguistics program, preparing for Cold War duties. They were going to have him at a listening station. He seemed to be well-adjusted, cheerful, optimistic. And so the death at Memorial Stadium was very disconcerting, especially to his father, who had just spoken to him maybe two days prior And, you know, checking in with them. And he said that he had passed a test with flying colors. He was in a great mood. He was looking forward to some of his new duties as an Air Force Mm, officer. Damn it. (laughs) Um, Air Force special investigations did intervene at one point to try to help solve this. They were not happy either with the fact that he had clean clothes on, no mud in his shoes at a construction site that was already wet and muddy. The scaffolding that he was found slumped on was wobbly, but yet it was still intact. So, it's not like something was kicked out from under him. It was almost like somebody had to be pulling on that 18 foot rope to get him up. There was also some question about the rope fibers. To me, this is the thing that really kind of pisses me off. So they they find some fibers that are reminiscent of fibers found on Air Force gloves specifically, but they did not match the gloves that he had on him so you're like obviously somebody was wearing gloves and killed him why didn't we investigate this further
0: i didn't investigate it because i wasn't there kiki
2: oh my god you know what? You, the royal we that's fair darling that's not, fair not, oh oh not not you specifically i know you weren't alive yet and we neither should go was investigate I.
0: it yeah let's reopen this
2: well i have some interesting news for you guys In 2017, that ruling was challenged by his father, who was 99 years old at the time. They had a new coroner coming in, Amanda Shields. So they gather all the evidence, all the paperwork, and they hand this to Amanda. And as she's coming in, taking over in that January of 2017, she starts to reexamine the case. She's troubled by inconsistencies in the evidence, just like I just said. Her basic takeaway is... I can't really reopen the case because there's just no point right now. Everyone who was interviewed and everyone who were witnesses on that day, they're all dead. But I am going to change the method of death. No, gee, thanks for that. Well, that's actually what the father wanted. He was very upset that someone would just go around saying that his son committed suicide. And part of the problem is that there is a ghostly apparition. That's often seen at the Memorial Stadium and people believe that this is Michael plume's ghost now of course you've got thousands and thousands and thousands upon thousands of people coming into that stadium and students and just locals and they're all telling a story that your son killed himself and it tried to hang like hang himself there yeah that is what needed to change and I'm happy to say that the ruling according to the coroner was that um, they' Is not evidence to support that he killed himself.
0: Do you know? Um, and it's fine if you don't. But was he? Because I know, like, for suicide uh, people, they won't let them be buried in certain uh, cemeteries. What, do you know if that was an issue for the father? Because usually that's why they like make a bigger deal about it because they want them with the buried with the family.
2: This was the 1960s, so. I, I didn't look into that at, at all. Okay. He he didn't even mention anything like that. Anything that he talked about in the interviews and all, he simply was saying that he did not want people running around saying that his son killed himself. Because yeah, and
0: that's that's fine enough. Yeah. I just I didn't know if there was more of a, something yeah. is really fucked up
2: about that story and the fact that he was learning Russian and going to be a listener and you know this is the Cold War and you're kind of like did somebody on campus decide to take him out because he was that good and they were concerned that he was going to. Find out that they were spies. I mean, yeah, there was a whole bunch of weird things going on with this poor kid that he was supposed to be super, super smart and on point, And that's it just the whole thing is just weird.
1: Well, also for the time. I wouldn't necessarily rule out the um, he was gay thing either, especially when they're talking about they found fibers from somebody who was also in the service, like kind of like a don't ask, don't tell. You might have told the wrong person.
2: Well, yeah, I was like, you could go either way because I was thinking it's either that, right? They don't like him because he's gay and they want to take him out. It could be competition. I hate to say it, but people are fucked up. Well, he's getting the position that I want, so I'm just going to get rid of him. Or was it a spy within our own ranks? And Michael caught on to it. And before he could tell anybody, he gets off. Yeah, there's so that was the three, you know, the three big questions of that's where the espionage one comes in. The anti-gay sentiment or just, uh, you know, competition for positions, which people have killed for less. So, you know, absolutely. Here's another weird thing. And I like the weird things that come directly from people who are, well, they're scientists, right? So Amanda, the coroner, she goes to sign off on this and change it. And as she's changing it, she says that the power went out in her office for about 10 seconds and her friend's phone starts going off, only to find out that no one's on the other line. Bum, bum, bum. I guess maybe he was happy. Something finally got done. Let's get into technically a, a sadder one. Oh, great. Yeah. So we like talking hockey, me and Cord, right? All
0: four of us like to talk
2: hockey. I said me and Cord. I didn't say you two. She
0: specifically said us.
2: I love puckball.
0: <laughs> yes. It is my favorite of the inside sports sure
3: most of the time inside yes good job jc you did it
1: except for three times during the year i went to exactly one hockey game in my life i got a chocolate ice cream Mm -hmm. don't remember the game but it was a good ice cream well
0: Mm -hmm. that's what matters honestly that's the best sports story i've heard all day you've only heard one other sports story (laughs) and involved someone dying (laughs) well it's a low bar but it's still a bar
2: yeah. So for those who are interested, it is three times they get to play outdoors. What well, we just witnessed this week, the Winter Classic, that's in America. Canada has its own version that I just, I could wiki that. But, and then there's the, um, the stadium series, which I'm proud to say the Philadelphia Flyers are going to face off against the New Jersey Devils on February 17th outside. Woot, woot. It's going to be in yeah, East Rutherford, know. New Jersey, the place that doesn't exist. Then right at, right after that, the Rangers and the Islanders are going to play on the 18th. So that's kind of something fun they're doing. Oh, uh the NHL Heritage Classic is the one in Canada that gets played outside. So so actually four the four outdoor games this year. Total. And one we already played. So cool. Kraken one. Yay. Hashtag
3: awesome. My
2: so anyway, what we're gonna talk about is a team that just beat our ass uh last night. That sucks. Uh the Columbus Blue Jackets. assholes okay so anyway this is nationwide arena what's the best way to get ghosts if you're gonna if you think of it in like historical terms one of the best ways to like fuck up your land and your buildings and everything is to build it on a graveyard there you go or like build it somewhere where lots of people died horribly
0: yeah 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 yeah
2: same difference or build it on i don't know anywhere in the united states because we stole all the land from the natives i'll get into that later well not all the land yeah there was some land that was already stolen by spain and france at the time so you know we had to steal it from them first (laughs) anyway um okay so the uh, site of the nationwide arena is the site of the old ohio state penitentiary Ohio State Penitentiary was built in 1834, (laughs) and it operated until 1983. So uh, let's talk about some notable events of the penitentiary. In 1930, we have the worst prison fire in American history. Good start. It killed 322 inmates. A quote from one of the inmates who survived it, obviously, unless they used a Ouija board. Quote, there was nothing to do but scream for God to open the doors. And when the doors didn't open, all that was left was to stand still and let the fire burn the meat off and hope it wouldn't be too long about it. Damn, that's a good quote. Yikes, that's a quote. Because you see, the prison guards, they didn't give a shit. They didn't open any of the doors in certain sections, and they just let the prisoners fucking die. Then, after not doing their due diligence to save anyone, right, or not, I mean, 322, uh, that's a lot of people to just let go, you know? You can't tell me they actually tried that hard.
0: I would say it's 322 more than should have died.
2: So, prison officials accused three prisoners of intentionally starting the fire as an attempt to escape. Two of those men will go on to commit suicide months after the event. However, some of that's disputed by historians, though, because they think that all of that was just to divert attention away from poor management of the fire escape system. And that's why so many lives were lost.
3: One seems (laughs) a little bit more believable than the other.
2: Yeah. Then there was the riots. There was one in 1952. That was the Halloween riot.
0: Did
1: it happen during
0: Halloween?
2: It did. God, I
1: hope they played scary spooky skeletons.
0: <laughs> I was going to say,
3: maybe they're just all Misfits fans. It was
2: 1952, so... <laughs> eh. I'm not sure what was available then. Was was the Monster Mash out yet, or was that the 60s? Hmm. Anyway, the Halloween riot was over food. I think that's just so fitting. I want people to argue about food on my birthday. Even though I wasn't born yet, it just makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Do you want them to riot and potentially kill other people about food on your birthday?
2: Only one prisoner died.
0: That's still a person. <laughs> I know.
2: I know. <laughs> it was better than 322. Okay. That's the only nice thing I can say about it. But yeah, the, they were really pissed off about the food quality. Then there was another one in 1968, and that was basically over uh, they didn't like some of the guards. They thought the guards were shitty and they wanted them to get fired. Uh, unfortunately, that killed five prisoners and I 1930s guards were pretty fucking shitty to let that many people die. So, mm, you know, for sure. It's closed in in 1983 due to safety concerns and overcrowding. So you have this dark history that's attached to the ground and uh, the place is leveled. And then what do they do? They build a stadium over top of this whole area. Right. Uh, I fucking love it. So there's a couple of rumors that are probably not true. Well, actually, there's one in particular that's most likely not true based on the footprint of the old penitentiary. They, a lot of people try to say that the exact location of the old electric chair was right at Center Ice. I'm kind of like, why do you want that to be true, though? That's pretty morbid. Yeah, I don't
3: really understand that one.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not about that. The parking garage area seems to be the most haunted area. That sort of tracks because most of the building where people are, like the actual stadium part, right? Most of that is actually built where the parking lot was for the penitentiary. But the parking garage currently seems to be where a lot of the prisoners died in the fire. And there's screaming, chains clanking, the sounds of people screaming for help and talking about a fire. Like if you can hear any words coming at all from these screams. And then patrons will often smell smoke in the parking area. The restaurant area is also part of that. And there's also a movie theater close by, too. That is part of the old penitentiary area. So this is where all the hauntings seem to be taking place.
1: And at what point during that history debrief did they think,
2: yeah, sports. Let's tell everyone the electric chair was at center ice. It'll be electrifying. Get it. (laughs) And the crowd goes wild. I did try to find actual statements from hockey players. There are superstitious folks in all realms of sports, but I've seen some of the most ridiculous superstitious crap from from hockey players. It's funny. There's a lot of shit that goes on there. They're very like, don't do this, don't do that. Or I have to do this, I have to do that. Goaltenders, famously superstitious, right? So I tried to find this. I could only find a very generic there are out-of-towners who do not like to go to the stadium because they sense this foreboding. They hear chains rattling. If they have to walk through that parking deck to get to their bus, they fucking hate it. I couldn't find any names specifically, and that pissed me off. Because one of these, I do have names specifically of, of players who've had incidents happen which is coming up, but couldn't find anything in particular. But then again, I don't feel like I'm that surprised by hockey players being like, this place is fucking haunted. Fair.
1: I feel like it'd be one of the one of the more fun places to haunt though.
2: Yeah, just
3: catch the game every couple weeks.
2: Go ice skating if you want to.
3: Off season, there's usually concerts and shit. That'd be red.
2: Alright, so you know what's funny though? JC, you know, you mentioned that if you ain't first you're last. Yeah. Did you know? the curse of talladega no because i did not know about the curse of talladega it's uh it's one of those things where you can't really prove it you can't really prove it but you know some weird shits happen at this particular place and you kind of like if you're going to look at it from the perspective of it is it's not quite as old as indianapolis indianapolis has the most fatalities and one could say yes that's because It's been around the longest. So naturally, there's just more deaths on the track because it just has been around longer. But Talladega's just had some fucked up weird shit happen. So the origin of this curse goes back 200 years. Well, I'd say more than 200 years when supposedly a Talladega chief was killed in a horse race in Dry Valley. Now, the story goes to say the quote old timers will say that they would horse race every uh, Sunday. In Dry Valley. Yeah. So so the the concept of a, quote, Sunday horse race, I, I think, so I don't doubt that maybe there was horse races and maybe, maybe this chief did get knocked off a horse, but this is one of the things, oh, ever since, ever since that ta- Talladega chief got killed in his horse race, his ghost has cursed the land. Okay. There's also the local Talladegas were slaughtered by the Creek Warriors who were collaborating with Andrew Jackson. And that apparently on their way out, a Talladega shaman cast a curse on Dry Valley in general. And so that is where it comes from. And then the last one is that it's, you know, on a Talladega burial ground, but none of these things can be proven. Sh- sure they can. Get a shovel.
0: Ah, uh, false. Get a time machine.
2: The list of like weird ass shit that's happened on this track is actually pretty long. And um, we'll start with... Oh, boy. Okay. So let's start with 1973. Bobby Isaac hears a voice in his head while he's racing. He parks the car and he gets out. And some of these legends will say he never raced again because the voice told him not to. That was what happened. The voice is like, he claims, I heard a voice say, you need to stop racing forever. Right. So he pulls the car over, gets out and walks away from the car like a boss and never races again. Now, the voice is real. That part of it, as far as Bobby Isaac is concerned, he absolutely will say, I heard a voice. But it's not the last time that he races, though. He has 19 more starts after that. Just that particular day, man, he wasn't supposed to. I believe this is the same year, Larry Smith, who was an up-and-coming race car driver, he died instantly in a seemingly minor mishap. Everyone's sitting there waiting for him to get out of the car. Because it's just like, oh, he just grazed the side, and the car comes to a complete stop and they're just waiting and they're waiting. They don't think anything of it because this is not like a major car crash, right? This is like nothing. And he never comes out. And so they race to get him and uh, he died. Apparently... He had a pretty fancy hairdo, and rumor had it that he cut the inside of his helmet, he cut uh, the padding out, to make room for his hair. And so on a, quote, seemingly something that shouldn't have killed him, he wound up killing himself, because his helmet wasn't.
0: Well, kids, don't fuck with your safety equipment.
2: But
1: how did his hair look? Right? It looked great. And he would have wanted that.
3: We're talking about NASCAR, and you say fancy air. If this is not a mullet we're talking about, then it's Mm. not worth it, friend.
2: All right. So then 1974, a crewman loses part of his leg just hanging out in the pit doing his job during the Winston 500. Then in 1974, we have before the Talladega 500, 10 of the top qualifying drivers found their cars sabotaged the night before the race. The culprit was never found. Then uh, another huge tragedy. 1975, next year, Richard Petty's brother-in-law dies in the pit again in an accident. I did not look too deeply into this particular accident of what exactly happened, but a driver by the name of Tiny Lund died in the backstretch in an accident in 1975. 77, the mother of driver David Cisco was passing truck. Basically, what happened was uh, she was walking and the truck was just trying to drive past her, but didn't consider how far out the uh, mirror was on the side. And she got hit directly with the mirror as it was driving past her.
3: Jeez Louise.
2: We had a little bit of a break from 77. We don't have anything weird happen again until 86. This one is just funny as fuck. A fan grabs the Pontiac pace car during the pre-race ceremonies. And starts making laps before he's finally stopped. Now that's the spirit of NASCAR. (sighs) By the time the cops finally, because everybody, so, you know, the pace car, it's there. Nobody thinks anything of it until it starts revving up and going like super fast around the track. The fans are like, whoa, this is fantastic. Yeah, they start cheering and having no idea that this guy stole the car, right? (laughs) And you know what? (laughs) If they knew, it would have been louder. I was going (laughs) to say, probably wouldn't have cared. Yep. (laughs) So by the time the cops finally uh, subdue him, they pull him out. He had uh, no shirt on. (laughs) Not surprised. Turns out he was having a little bit of a break. Uh, His wife had cancer. That is what at least one of the articles that I read about this particular incident said. And uh, so no charges are filed against him. I thought that was actually really nice. I was like, yeah, they're like, give the dude a break. He's having a moment. Up, oh, then we're up to 1993 fatal helicopter crash, a beloved local driver by the name of Davey Allison. Uh he was a licensed uh pilot, but it was his first time flying a helicopter and he was testing it out and it actually crashed there. The investigation attributes it just to pilot error, so eh, you know.
1: And if you no. listen to the uh Movie Set Mayhem episode, you will know that the helicopter is one of nature's most dangerous
2: machines <laughs> it is it is he should have known better he's just stuck with the planes in 97 you have bob loga president of arca he dies in what most people will, will say is a freakish passenger car wreck right outside the speedway that one is another one that's attributed more to the fact that the traffic patterns around talladega suck That brings us to 2009, when finally someone comes up with this grand idea to have a Porch Creek shaman do a ritual to restore balance to the land and try to dispel the curse. That's how serious, at this point, (laughs) Talladega is taking this shit. 2009, folks, (laughs) they did a ritual with a shaman from the creek. So I guess they're like, we're going to try everything we possibly can. (laughs) like I said, the death toll at Talladega is not as high as somewhere like Indianapolis. But then again, Indianapolis has been around longer. So if you look at the, you know, you do your numbers crunching. uh, I still think that Talladega is up there as far as it maybe shouldn't have had so many incidences since it's not as old.
1: But did the ritual
2: work? Well, that's a good question because since 2009, there hasn't been any weird ass incidences and we're up to two you know, twenty twenty four now. So Yeah.
1: Well, if it's if
2: it's stupid and it works, it ain't stupid. Right. That's what I say. I think it's great that they took it seriously. Either way. Maybe it just needed a cleansing. Good for NASCAR. You could also make the argument, hey, that's Appalachia country. NASCAR, that's Appalachia Country. They know. They know they gotta fix some shit sometimes. And you gotta go to the source. All right, now we're gonna come to one of my personal favorites. It is not a stadium, but it is a hotel next to a stadium. And it's the hotel that if you are playing in Oklahoma City and you're in the NBA, this is where they're going to put you when you have to uh, play the Thunder because it's very close to the Chesapeake Energy Arena, which I'm hoping it's still called that because I could not keep up with all the fucking names of some of these stadiums. It's like, holy cats, what is it called now? This place is absolutely gorgeous, by the way. This is the Skirvin Hilton in Oklahoma City. The hotel is 14 stories. It's art deco design rumored to be haunted by a spirit called Effie, E-F-F-I-E, a Prohibition era chambermaid. Effie is said to have jumped to her death with a love child fathered by the hotel's founder, wb skirvin numerous nba players have had experiences here and this is where i get the good shit because i actually have names drop them effie has a dual personality i'm going to tell you that part first she's either spooky and sad or she's extremely horny
0: Whoa! <laughs> oh, i have something in common <laughs> man
2: yeah Wait, three are you
3: sure it's not haunted by jc so she's a
2: goth chick <laughs> So the horny Effie (laughs) is the one that apparently likes to come out and mess with NBA players. Although some of them have had not only the sensation of someone being, quote, present in their bed with them, but some of them have heard a baby crying as well. So we have Lakers forward Meta Sandiford Artest, formerly known as Ron Artest. He claims that he was assaulted by an amorous ghost in 2016. We should have talked about that during our ghost sex. I had no idea. It didn't come up because this is very specific to this. Hotel, And I don't I'm kind of shocked that since Effie is so like well known that it didn't come up, but it didn't. So here we go. In 2010, Ed Curry, center for the New York Knicks at the time, uh, slinked off to spend the rest of his day in the room with his then teammate Nate Robinson for, quote, protection.
0: So were they having a threesome with a ghost?
2: I just want to mention that Ed Curry is seven feet 295 pounds at the time, and he is going to stay with his five foot nine, one hundred and eighty pound teammate Nate Robinson for quote protection. Oh, were they just banging? <laughs> That's how scared that he is supposed to be. It's not
1: gay. Effie was there.
2: Wink. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gay in a three way. We she all was know right this. in the middle. She was right in the middle
1: of us. Yeah, but isn't she isn't she in, invisible? Right in the middle.
2: And there was Kyrie Irving. At the time of the article, he was with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, he said that he had such a interesting encounter (laughs) that there's a film in the works about the Skirvin's hauntings. And he said that he would star in it based off of his own personal experiences that this shit really happened. And it's happening so often that players refuse to stay at the hotel and they will opt to pay for alternate accommodations out of their own pocket. They did have a historian on site. She had claimed herself to hear these crying baby noises. But being the good investigator that she is, she found an area where there was like a window that sometimes would get stuck partially open and the wind would blow really hard. And that was where the baby crying sound was coming from. She actually tracked it down and found it. And as soon as she closed the window, she's like, oh, well, that would explain a lot, you know, but if it's if it's happening in the middle of the night, people aren't maybe readily going to go search that out, figure out exactly where the sound's coming from, because, you know, crying baby noises in hallways is in the middle of the night is can be a bit disconcerting to some people.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm even terrified when it's my own baby. Right. <laughs> Dude, I just wait for it to stop.
2: One night, Doug and I are down here in the office, and we're playing D and D. And it was super late. We had the kid in bed. My son snuck out of his bedroom, tiptoed down the stairs, and we just finished up. The timing was absolutely impeccable. I'm turning off my monitors. My husband opens the door to the office, and he screams, and I'm screaming because that's what you do. You automatically (laughs) automatically scream. And I jump up and I turn around and look and there is my little son just standing there in the doorway waiting for us to open the door in the dark.
0: I think I might have kicked the kid in the face. Like accidentally, just reflex, not on purpose. Just like, ah, shit, (laughs) it's a
2: small demon. (laughs)
1: It's one of my biggest fears as a parent is that I'm going to give my kid a black eye one day for sneaking up on me.
2: Goodness, goodness. Okay, so she's into this, though, even though she found out where the crying baby noise might have come from. She went on to mention that there is a woman in a red dress that's lurking the halls occasionally. But it's funny the way she worded it during this interview was it it was almost like, yeah, there's a woman that in a red dress. But I'm not sure if it's an actual ghost or if it's just A a lady of the night. I was like, okay, yep, yeah, that's, that's fair. And uh, she then went on to show the interviewer this beautiful Venetian room. It's a ballroom that's on the top floor. I've seen, again, I've seen pictures of this place online. It's so beautiful because I love Art Deco. But she takes them there and uh, talks about how a lot of times the tables for the banquets will be rearranged. After everything's been put up, she'll go back up there the next morning to set something else up and like chairs are moved, tables are moved. She said she often would attribute that to some kind of haunting, but then realized that they were getting some earthquakes occasionally where it wouldn't have been enough to to act. You wouldn't feel it, but it would definitely shift things. And, you know, so at least she's being fair in her investigations, you know. And then I have to do this one because um, my husband is a Miami Dolphins fan. And not once has he ever mentioned this to me. And it's surprising that either he doesn't know this, because he knows me. He knows that this would be, like, the thing that I want to talk about. But supposedly, the Miami Dolphins are cursed because their stadium is built on a burial ground. (laughs) Oh, God. Only it's real, because they really did find things. It's not a fake one. This one is a real one. (laughs) Okay? See, you can find out real quick if you get a shovel. Currently, January of 2024, the Dolphins have not won a Super Bowl. They, they're they're going with the curse on this one, okay? So while preparing the area for the Dolphins' team offices, ancient remains are discovered. They are identified as belonging to the South Florida Tequesta Indian tribe. Might be Tequesta. I've heard it two different ways. Tequesta or Tequesta, Tequesta. These unfortunate folks are wiped out by European diseases in the mid 1700s. Uh, the site was used by that tribe around 800 AD, and then after that, the Seminole Indians would have used it until the 19th century. A little bit of background on the Tequesta they lived in Biscayne Bay, Miami Dade County, Broward County, Pompano Beach, potentially a few other areas, but that was where they mostly were from. There is a central town on the north bank of the Miami river called Tecesta. They're mostly hunter gatherers. They rely on fish, turtle, deer, and manatee. After the European diseases kind of run through it, they are evacuated to Cuba in 1763. And that's when Spain surrendered Florida to Britain. But when they were checked up on later in Cuba, the site where they were at was found to be empty. And so it is thought that they all died out of diseases in Cuba. The dolphins received permission to remove the artifacts and continue construction. They hired archaeological teams. And this would have been before the Repatriation Act. I will get into the Repatriation Act like at some point in the next season. But I will just say that at that point, what I do know from my personal experience is that if the tribe is no longer available because they've been wiped out, then... Those remains would go to a secondary tribe that would take them and take care of them and rebury them because of the Repatriation Act. However, that's a that's a whole other can of worms that we'll get into later. Or they get sold to
1: Jim Thorpe and become a great tourist trap.
2: Along with a whole bunch of other really irritating fucking things that make me so angry. Anyway, um, <laughs> now there's a few bookie phone calls that are made. In 1989, Miami radio show host Rick Weaver received a phone call that suggested there was a curse placed on this new stadium. Now, this was called Joe Robbie Stadium at the time. This man on the phone claims that he put a curse on the the stadium and football games there in general. And then a woman called separately and insisted that the stadium needed to be exercised due to it being built on a Native American burial ground.
1: And, Due to a bad phone connection, the operator
2: just said, no, no, they get a lot of exercise here. (laughs) Yeah. They should probably do something, because here's the timeline (laughs) of events.
1: Thank you, Cord. (laughs) Sometimes they take a little bit to sink
2: in. Oh, jeez. Joe Robbie Stadium is, is built in 1986, okay? So May 1985 is when the artifacts are found. Then... May through December, Dolphins hire experts to recover and remove the artifacts. I think they did a good thing. I think they were, you know, they didn't try to cover it up. December 1st, 1985, less than 11 months later, construction continues on what's going to be Sun Life Stadium. January 20th, 1985, the Dolphins lose to the San Francisco 49ers. From 85 until the present, the Dolphins have never returned to the Super Bowl. So is there a curse? I don't know.
0: Is there? Are you going to say yes or no?
2: Nah, I don't know if there's a curse or not, but I think it's interesting.
1: I think that curses are more of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you think you're cursed, you're cursed.
2: See, that's why I think that they need to hook up with a shaman like Talladega did. Because if it's in the back of your head and then, you know, you have somebody that's an expert come in and take care of that for you, you know, then maybe psychologically you'll get past it.
1: I believe that's possible.
2: I'll mention a couple others that I thought were just sort of interesting, and that is... Lee Williams High School in Kingman, Arizona, is apparently uh, situated on the grounds of Old Pioneer Cemetery that once held 300 burials of settlers and uh, one of their local native tribes. In 2010, there was construction done on that. They were digging a trench and they found seven coffins and artifacts there. You know, after they were told that all the bodies were moved. (laughs)
0: I feel like they made a movie about this, too. Uh, Yeah,
2: um, I know. And we already talked about this happening in Philadelphia with cemeteries. Oh, we moved everything. No, you fucking didn't. You're a bunch of lazy bitches. And then Camp Randall Stadium at the University of Wisconsin. I've been there. I did not know this. It's named after the Union Army Camp that existed on the site. And that was a prison camp for Confederate prisoners. People say there that they, they uh, claim to see tattered gray uniform men roaming around the stadium, never returning to their home in the South. Dun, dun, dun. So um, that's what I got. That's what I got for um haunted uh, weird ass stadiums. I'm so glad you guys were able to do a lot of research on on that. And, you know,
1: yeah, you know, I do, I do what, uh what I can. <laughs> if I had to do any research about sports stadiums that would require me to read about sports and it's just not in the books <laughs> there's some things that just cannot hold my attention
2: sports ball is one of them
1: I think horse racing is interesting
2: <gasps> Ooh, okay okay but that's
1: all I get and once a year I watch the Kentucky Derby and if, yeah. my, if my horse is doing well, I might watch another race. But once a year, I will watch a football game. It is on Thanksgiving and that's it.
2: Well, I'll have to come up with something about haunted horse racing because my father used to take me to the track when I was a kid. And I mean, like when I was like five, he'd take me down to Philadelphia Park and uh, have me choose the horses for him to bet on. And apparently I was very good at it. I wish I was still good at it. Oh gosh, for like 10 years straight, I always played the Kentucky Derby and I always won money. Always. That
1: was just kind of like a thing my aunt and I did. But it's also like one of those sports where it's like, yeah, I think this, this is one of the sports where I actually am like, now that's an athlete. Not the jockey, fuck the jockey, but the horse. (laughs) That's an athlete. And also this sport probably probably shouldn't be a thing. And I'd be okay if it wasn't, but I do enjoy to watch it.
2: Well, I I have mixed feelings on it. I feel like as long as the horses are being taken care of, some trainers and jockeys and stuff do. You know, they feel like they're part of the family and they're not gonna overwork them and they're not gonna inject them with stuff, et cetera, et cetera, and that's the way it should be. And one of the things that I've done in the past is worked with an organization privately that helps to gather money together to purchase horses directly the fastest we ever got money together was literally in an hour and a half the horse was put up for auction everybody knew that the person that was going to purchase her uh, was probably going to have her euthanized and she was only like four years old Uh, she'd won over a million dollars total in different races but uh, was not i guess was not worth the investment so online we raised enough money to purchase her in an hour and a half and got her out of there so Yeah, that's that's how much I'm into horse racing. That's my hang up
1: with horse racing. It's not the act of racing itself. It's just the the whole world of horse racing and the lives of the horses. I I, I don't really give a fuck about anything as long as, you know, everyone who competes is taken care of. It's just they treat them the same way you treat football people. You get enough concussions and just fucking go, Okay, bye. Thanks for your service.
2: Or certain hockey players.
0: Okay, bye.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for your service. We're going to turn you into glue now. <laughs> so fucked up. A little bit. All right. So we're kind of in the middle of um, getting new music together for the rest of our 2024 season. And I'll be honest with you, I we were going to be on hiatus by now when this comes out. So I don't have any music today. And that's because I already have everything lined up for the new season starting at the end of February. So. Yeah.
0: So here's me singing. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm not even gonna. I just went to scare Take people. me out to the oh, ball game. game. See, and it's related
2: to mm-hmm. what we were talking about. I, I thought think. we were gonna continue.
0: No.
3: Take me
0: out to the crowd. Buy
3: me some peanuts, some peanuts and That's because I want a lame snack and it's root, root, root for the home team. If, if they, they don't win, it's, it's a shame.
2: Because it's one, one, two, three,
3: three. strikes you're at this shitty baseball game. <laughs>
1: I hate baseball.
2: I always thought it was more fun to go watch the Phillies play than to watch them on TV. I like being in the stadium when the Phillies play. Hey, I'll I have you know,
1: it. I always enjoyed going to the stadium, getting nachos, and then going home. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was the only
1: place I ever got nachos. <laughs> and those free tickets were worth it for the nachos.
0: You know they sell nachos at other places, right? You know you can make what? nachos at home, right? Yeah, I actually made some pretty banging nachos the other day.
2: No. No, this baseball. Baseball's nachos. All right. Stay spooky and don't die. But if you do, contact us.
0: In a very sporting way.